exciting news. Yes. It is launch week around these parts. So our Wayman Unlimited onboarding coaching program is now open for enrollment. If you are a digital creator who's looking to add more predictability, more profit, and more peace into your business, our Wayman Unlimited program is here to help you. Through our monthly onboarding coaching sessions, we'll remove the overwhelm of growing your business and give you specific marketing tactics to focus on each month so you can grow, but at a sustainable pace. Because we're all steady, about... Steady. Slow growth around here. We take a slow and steady approach to running a calm business so you can reach your business goals without sacrificing your well-being. By the way, also included in Wayman Unlimited is a lifetime account to our core software, Tea Tree, which is the most customizable and brandable course platform on the market. You also get access to a member favorite group accountability system we call Wayme of Stones. That's Please right. don't sue us, Game of Thrones. <laughs> where we blend fun and action taking together in our weekly Wayme Slack community through doing some accountability and sharing our goals, getting our tasks done every single week. That's right. If you are interested in joining Wayman Unlimited, head to wanderingaimfully.com slash join to learn more and get all the details. And just as a reminder, the doors will be open until March 26th. Welcome back to Wandering Aimfully, the show. This episode is all about authenticity. It's about being real. It's about being you. And it's about hitching your wagon to the right horsies. And if you're like, that metaphor came out of left field, <laughs> keep listening or watching because you're going to enjoy this. Yeah, we talk about uh, authenticity when it just comes to walking around as a normal human being. But then also, what about authenticity in business? And should you be authentic from the start? Can that get you in trouble? Or can that actually be the magnet that you need to succeed? Wow. Soft five. Wow. That was fantastic. Loved it. My brain. Such a great job there. <laughs> Congrats. Thank you. All right. So if you want to listen to an episode about those things and maybe hear some more weird stuff, keep tuning in. And if not, just keep tuning in. It makes me feel good. Hey there. We're Jason and Caroline Zook, a husband and wife team who believes life is just one big experiment. This is the show where we share our journey as we figure out this ever-changing thing called life. We cover topics like running a business, traveling the world, and clawing our way out of debt all with the hope of inspiring you to live, work, and create with more intention. Life might bring its twists and turns, but when you know who you are and what you want, you're never really lost. Welcome to Wandering Aimfully, the show. Welcome back to Wandering Aimfully, the show. Jason, I'm so happy to be here with you. Oh, wow. That's awesome. But you know what? The timer starts now. You have 25 <laughs> minutes. Let's roll. Guys, if you're just checking in and you didn't watch last week's episode, we started a new thing, which is that we need to time ourselves because we will talk for about three hours straight. Yeah. If, if you're watching on YouTube, unchecked. you actually get to watch the timer countdown, which I don't know if that's going to be anxiety inducing or I think fun. That, well, I think of it like a timer bar on like yeah. an Instagram video. It's yeah. like, and then who knows if we actually stick to it. Like you might actually watch right? it and it's just another 30 minutes. <laughs> we talked for about oh. 10 minutes extra left. So I set the timer for 25 minutes. We are going to talk about this topic. And if you're just listening, then you just get to know that that's Let's about how long soft this high five. episode is going to be. Hello. That's very quiet. What we both just did there is we brought okay, our elbows okay. to a 90 degree and we touched hands very lightly. In case you didn't see it. I don't know. <laughs> what are we talking about this episode, Jason? Today we're going to talk about authenticity. One of my favorite topics ever. Do you think authenticity is a little bit buzzwordy? Yes. Okay. However, <laughs> that sucks because... It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and I love talking about it and I believe in it so deeply. So I kind of hate that it's taking on this like trendy type of thing, but I can't control that. And all I can... All I can do is be authentic about my love of authenticity. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm just going to ride out the storm. I'm going to wait <laughs> for it to 
I'm going to wait for everyone to go back to just being completely fake. Um, okay. And then yeah. I'm going to keep talking about authenticity and then we're going to really see who likes it. All right. I'm going to consider this um, like we're in a horse-drawn carriage. And where's the two horse-drawn carriage? It's taking a turn. You and I are both sitting at the top of the buggy that sure. we're on. Uh, inside the buggy is like an area where we could sit if we were going to like stay the night somewhere in our journey across to the Oregon you Trail. You don't stay the night in the buggy. Yeah, you got to stop. The horses First have all, to rest. Quick, quick cue. Yeah. Is this a buggy, like a horse-drawn carriage, or is this like a covered wagon? Because you're it's mixing a, time periods here. Yeah, it's both. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's my authentic wagon, okay. so deal with it, my buggy. Uh, anyway. And our first children's book is coming out this year. You're called My, My Authentic, Authentic Wagon. wagon. <laughs> uh, you already have most of the story as a I'm going to do a John Oliver. Hashtag My, My Authentic, Authentic Wagon. Uh, so two of us are sitting at the top holding the reins on this episode as you. Because a lot of times I hold the reins on oh, the episode so you want so I lead us. That so, entire thing was just for a, you to say. A metaphor. Take the lead. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, but I wanted brain... everyone to know that like, you know, what was going there's on. a fun journey. You guys, this is the brain that I hitched my wagon to for the rest of my life. See what I did there? But um, where are the roots when you need them? <laughs> we need like a full seven-piece band in the what watch if we just pod, had, like, which is our seven people that are crowded around right here, which is our like, new recording studio, and just like, why do they have a band? Like, what's going on here? All right, my new dream is yeah. just for one episode for us to hire a yeah, band. band. Yeah. And then just to, there's seven pieces of instruments, yeah. but the only thing that happens are dr just that drum snares. <laughs> yeah. It was like, why is the guy the trumpet why there? Is, why is the saxophone Okay, back guys, there? this is right. going to happen. One fifth of the episode gone. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> Worth it. So I'm now taking the reins on yeah. this wagon. Mm -hmm. And I would like to start by saying to kind of, I, you guys know I love defining things. So what is authenticity to you? When we say that quote unquote buzzword, what do we really mean? To me, in your mind. To me, it's just being. Because you know I have an answer, but I'll Yeah, to me, it's just being like 100% real and truthful to who you are, what you believe, how you see the world, and how you present yourself to the world. And I think that so much of, of the social media landscape is inauthentic because we just see these highlight reels of people's lives. And the story that is being told and that we are potentially telling people is that, hey, uh, life isn't difficult. Instead, look at this thing I'm doing that's great. Buy this thing I made. It's awesome. And everyone loves me and I'm happy when that's not really, I think, the case for a lot of people. True. I like that a lot. Like you just you have such a way of putting things in such plain terms. Yes. And my brain is always like the abstract. Like yeah. if I was like going to write a term paper on authenticity, what right. would I call I it? I go for very small, simple words, <laughs> which I think is just a pleasant thing to bring to the table. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because I just think it's funny. Like, I'm the sim no, I'm the simpleton <laughs> and you're like the brainiac of the group. And so people listen. They're like, I like dumb Jason. <laughs> and the other people are like, I like smart Carol. <laughs> but they're both from the South. You Hi, guys. <laughs> Welcome to the show. I'm Smart Carol, and this is my husband, Dumb Jason. <laughs> this is my simpleton husband. Well, you dumb said Jason. Dumb Jason, not me. Um, okay, so I like that simple answer. Two-fifths of the episode gone. I'm <laughs> yep. kidding. I'm kidding. So I developed this kind of definition in my mind, I think, a few years ago, and it continues. I continue to come back to it, which is exactly what you said, but it's more of a visual in my mind. Which is a line. Is there any chance that there's a horse or a wagon in this visual? There's not, but okay. you could probably spin it some type right, of way. Okay, right. so just be be on the lookout. I'll, I'll let it marinate. <laughs> so I define authenticity as aligning what you do with who you are. So it's exactly what you said. So you take who you are, like the things that you think, the things that you feel, the things that you is your personality, kind of your truth, and then to me, it's 
going out and taking action in alignment with that. So when you say something like people, a good example that you used is social media, right? That's people taking action on social media that's not in alignment with who they really are. It's one piece of who they are, but not fully. And so for me that, and so the reason I said it was a visual is because like, to me, it's like a Venn diagram in your head. There's kind of who you are and then there, which is a circle for those of you listening. And then there's what you do and that lands in another circle. And the more that you can bring those two circles together where they're the same, they're one and the same. So what you do would be like how you run your business or how you show up in conversations that are hard. How you treat other people. How you treat other people, how you choose your friends, um, what you do on a day-to-day basis, all those things. That's what you do, the actions that you're taking. Are all of those things in alignment with who you are at your deepest, most core level? And so I'm always asking myself that question. Like, am I speaking the way that, I want to speak, you know, at my core, my core level. Am I making, am I scheduling my day based on who I really want to be? All those things. Do you actionably think about that? Oh yeah. That's funny. I don't yeah. think about that at all, which I think is. Well, it's just sort of natural for you, right? Right. A hundred percent. I think we, we would both agree that one of my good and bad qualities is that I'm just me. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. What you see is what you get. I'm very WYSIWYG. WYSIWYG. I'm like a Microsoft a Word husband. Doc toolbar. And <laughs> Clippy's coming to save the day. All right. Anyway. Yeah. No, I do think about it because I think it allow it, it's like a tool that I use in order to grow into the person that I that I am truly and that I want to become. I know that's a little bit counterintuitive, but I just think that we're all this truthful person at our core and we're all trying to get back to that truest version of ourselves. And I think sometimes like the kind of forces of the world can draw us away from that. Um, You know, shiny things can kind of lure us into being, doing different things that are out of, out of authenticity. So like money or or just playing to the things that, you know, work, which is a lot of psychological tricks. And specifically, I think about Facebook. So I think about Mm -hmm. when I was on Facebook a couple of years ago, which I'm not anymore, but I knew what I could post about that would get a lot of interaction. If I posted something that was like vulnerable and thoughtful Mm -hmm. and thinking back on something and like a lesson learned through the roof engagement and interaction. But if I just posted like, Hey guys, I made some coffee this morning and I'm answering some emails and that's my life yeah. today. No one gives a shit. What's no one so, cares. But that's so, that's me. That's the actual right. thing that's going on. The what, other one is the the thing I created so that people would be like, "Oh, I want to, you know, like this person. I yeah. want to interact with this person." Here's what's so funny about that because in in that scenario, that's like forced that's fake authenticity, right. right? Which it now that it's become a buzzword and people realize the power that it has to attract people. People use it as like a marketing tactic, which yeah. we'll talk about authenticity in business later on. But what's funny is like versus me where I am the one that's more reflective. So that is authentic to who I am. Like way back when, before people started writing long ass captions in their Instagram photos, I started doing that years and years ago because I I don't know how else to be except for to show up in the world and share my feelings with people. That's just who I am. It makes me feel good. It makes me use the things that I'm going through in order to help other people navigate their lives. So that was always something that I did really naturally and authentically. Um, Now it sucks because people manufacture that right it's not really who they are but they sort of manufacture these like deep vulnerable things when you hoping say it to sucks, get what does that mean it sucks that because i think when people do it inauthentically in some ways i think it compromises the trust that someone might feel when they read my stuff someone else yeah because they go oh is she really that way or is she just sort of putting it all out there um, which is fine. I'm still, that's the thing about authenticity, right? Is like, if you choose to show up as you are, you can, you can weather the storm of whatever is hot at the moment and 
on the other side, you're, you're still going to be doing the thing that's authentic to who you are and what's truthful. Um, so I don't worry too much about it. I just think it's interesting that that's such a kind of buzz thing mm-hmm. at the time. But that brings me to kind of another thing I wanted to talk about, which is being authentic and being truthful. Is that something that we already touched on? It comes naturally to you. But do you ever consciously remember making a choice to be that way? Mm. Or do you just think that it's like who you are? No, I think for me, it's so much of just DNA. Like, yeah. I think I'm just... I'm wired to care about people. I'm wired to be honest and truthful. I'm wired to not filter yourself, not filter myself, not be fake for the sake of other people's feelings or anything else. And that's just who I am. Like uh, it would be me fighting all of my instinctual urges to be different than that. I just had an interesting thought. Go for it. Well, you can decide if it's interesting. Are we on our wagon at all? We're definitely on the wagon. Okay, cool. And now here I am with the reins again. Yeah. Um, Okay, so as you're talking and as I asked you that question, I thought to myself, it definitely is in his DNA, just the way that it's in my DNA. And I thought to myself, that's why I think one reason why we work so well, like why we recognize like in each other because of... Would you say that we're like two circles of the Venn diagram that are now overlapping? (laughs) Yes. Cool. And Through a marriage? I think it's because we value honesty. And you value honesty from the place of like not bending yourself to please other people. And... So to me, I think authenticity comes naturally to you because you don't you don't give an F what other people think of you. I don't give a G, an H, an I, you or a J. You don't give any of, I don't those, get any letters. of those letters. Yeah. But interestingly enough, it's different for me who cares very much what other people think about me, but I care so much that it exhausts me. Mm-hmm. And to me, authenticity is my way of just saying I can't operate in the world faking it to please every person because I will just become a shell of a person. I'll become anxious. I will not do anything. It'll just be so exhausting to me that I can't handle it. And so I, it's funny that you don't care what people think of you. And that's what makes you authentic. I care too much what people think of me probably, but I figured out years and years ago that that was going to be a terrible way to operate in the world. So I've worked very hard to care less over time. And that's what makes us both authentic. Yeah. Do you do you ever think that being authentic is scary? People ask me that a lot, actually, because they're like, oh, you share so vulnerably or you you, you talk a lot about the bad times as much as you talk about the good times. And there are t- some things that are scary to me. Like recently I started sharing my poetry online and that felt very vulnerable even though it was authentic to who I was, that felt very scary. Do you think because it was new? I think because it is like very, it's this weird combination of things that I'm most afraid of being seen for, which is vulnerable plus like art. It's like, it's poetry is kind of scary to me because it's like you're trying to be artsy. Like you're letting out your most creative self in order to form this like twist these words in a way where you're sharing your heart but in like a a creative way so it's like creativity plus vulnerability it's the most scary Mm -hmm. however ultimately any fear that i have about being authentic is outweighed by how good it feels to be myself Mm -hmm. and that goes back to that feeling of being somebody else is exhausting and trying to keep up a facade is exhausting and so to me it's always the thing that i go back to which is like if I have a hard conversation I need to have or a hard decision, it's like the one thing that I have confidence in is my truth. And that's my authenticity. Mm-hmm. I think the poetry thing is interesting because I remember when you said even I think you wrote that you were really nervous about sharing it. And I was like, why? My like, heart was like pounding out of my I just think it's so chest. interesting because for me looking at the outside in on you creating this, I'm like, oh, this is just another creative thing that you're making. 
And why would you be scared of it? Because you're talented, so it's going to work. I will say a small criticism of your poetry. Yes. Every two lines don't rhyme. <laughs> it's not like Dr. Seuss. Isn't that how poems work? I know, babe. I'm going to try to make it all rhyme. Okay, thank In like you. a very easy couplet type of format. Has anybody actually said that as critical no, feedback? No, no, okay, no, thank no, God. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just worry that someone's like, um, um, these don't rhyme every two lines, so uh, do better. Anyway, uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about that I think is, is interesting is using authenticity in business uh-huh. and realizing that it can be both a attractor and detractor so it can like in what way turn the I magnet only... to people and it can turn the magnet away from people yes but turning the magnet away from people is, is a positive totally for sure but it's also difficult because yeah. it makes you realize that your audience is smaller or that your customer base is smaller or that the people who like you are smaller that and group. i think that's why people probably struggle to be their most authentic authentic selves in business even though you and i both have historical data that shows it is a great way to build a business totally. because you build the right business for you. But I think why most people struggle to take that extra step to like share more of themselves or share more of their their story, and I talk a lot about this in Better Branding Course, is that they are afraid to crank up the volume on that magnet because they know that even though it may attract the right people, it's going to turn people away, like you said, and that's an ego hit, right? Yeah. Like that, that hurts. I think so much of it, specifically for me, maybe for you as well, is so we've transitioned into this wandering aimfully business where we have these memberships. We decided that we were going to share our journey to reach our enough goal, mm-hmm. which is 330 paying customers. And in the third month of writing these updates after we do a launch, because we open up memberships every month, is we actually went down in monthly recurring revenue. And now, granted, if you look at it, it's down from like 6,300 to 6,100. Yeah. Uh, so it's not a lot down. However, it's actually a lot down for us because we expected it to be to grow another two to three thousand dollars in recurring revenue, yeah. and we didn't get that. We actually went backwards. Yep. And I decided while I was writing this update, I mean, I was going to share it regardless, but I decided to just really own it and really lean into the fact that we lost money, but that's okay. And that losing money for this specific scenario does a lot of different things. Number one, it gives us the opportunity to be relatable and real, which so many people emailed back after I sent the email about this or reached out on Twitter. And they're like, I've had down months too. It's so like nice to see people that I look up to, which is us for some reason that people do that and go, hey, you guys also don't just crank out money like it's easy. Yeah. And and I think that was one really important thing for me. The other important thing for me and why I said that I'm glad it went down in this post, and if you want to read it, you can read our journey to 330 updates. You can find them on the Wandering Gameplay site pretty easily, is that it showed us that something needed to change. And that we knew that things weren't working perfectly and we didn't have the perfect months of work and you got shingles and it was just very difficult to keep up with everything we were doing. But it also reaffirmed some of the thoughts that we had. So in being authentic and sharing that things weren't going right and and things were trending in the wrong direction, it was us going, hey, when you see this, you have to do something about it. And it has to look more just oh, this is a a negative impact on our bank account. And this is a positive impact we can make toward making our business better. Yeah, for sure. And this is what I always tell people about running an authentic business or or sharing your story. You just did some airplane quotes just for everyone. I did do some airplane quotes, which is what we call them here on the show. Um, I always tell people that this is why I love running an authentic business as sort of a strategy. And it's because it's a win-win situation. You have a success or you have a win and that's great. So that's a clear win in your book. But if you have a loss and you share that and you share the journey of that, you're only going to build trust with the right people who are going to continue to support you moving forward. So you can't lose. And I also think of it like 
for you and I, we're human beings who run a business and we're going to change over time. We're going to have different needs and different values and different desires year over year. And so I love being very transparent with our audience about the fact that we evolve as humans. That's a part of us sharing authentically because it means that if we one day just decided, oh, our new value is that we want to be nomads. We want to be on the road. So that means we're not going to post as much or we're going to do this or that. And we totally changed our business model our audience would go, oh, that's actually totally in line with you guys because you've always talked about growing and changing from the very beginning. So that's another reason why it's like win, win, win. You get to change and you get to grow and you get to take people along on the journey rather than trying to keep up one facade the whole time. And even though you on the inside are changing, you're still running the same business as if you were this person, this version of you five years ago, that also is going to take a toll on you. What would you say to the person who is listening to this who is just about to start their first business, they just started their first business, or they're thinking about doing something on part-time, and they want to be authentic, Mm -hmm. but they also are afraid that if they're authentic, then it's going to make their chances of succeeding that much more difficult because it is going to make the pool of people they can reach smaller, or it is going to be very kind of like uh, divisive on the things that they stand for that they want to share. And they may go, I actually want to hide those because I want to get more money in the bank. Like I need money to pay my family's bills and to live and all these things. So maybe I should just be a little inauthentic for a while and then I can be authentic when things are going well. First of all, I would say that the amount of customers that you're attracting while you're being inauthentic or a different version of yourself you're actually setting yourself up for failure because you're building your house on a mountain that isn't the right mountain. So as big as that mountain gets and as high as your house starts to rise, one day that the shoe is going to drop and you're going to realize, I'm on top of the wrong freaking mountain. I don't want to be on this mountain. It's like your wagon is now. It's almost like your wagon. Move, you move, put it on a mountain that just doesn't, it's just not going to work on. And you're going to have to hitch up that wagon and get to another mountain. And it's <sighs> going to, you're going to have to start all over. So this, the best thing that you can do is realize, yes, it may take a little bit of swallowing your ego and saying, I'm going to turn some people off and that's okay. But the most important thing is that you're building your business on the right mountain. So starting at the very beginning by being authentic, I would say also, even though you're going to be turning people away, you could actually grow faster because you're turning up that magnet. So the right people are actually going to find you and they're going to become loyal faster. It's these people who try to run these sort of vanilla businesses that are like, oh, I just do X, Y, and Z. And no no talk of like the differentiator that they bring to the table or their quirky personality or what I call your origin story. Like what sort of led you to be in this space in the first place? None of that interesting, rich backstory comes to the forefront. And so if I'm a, a potential customer and I arrive on your website and I'm like, what's interesting about this? There's nothing to, to magnetize me. There's nothing to keep me there. There's nothing that has a possibility of resonating with me. Yeah. So I would tell somebody, like, if you want to resonate with someone and you want to amass the right customers, be authentic from the very beginning. Yeah, I think the thing that I would say is, to my own hypothetical situation that I just brought up, is that you want to stand out in the sea of sameness. Yeah. And we talk about this uh, kind of a lot, even for ourselves, is what are what are we doing to stand out? Because specifically for like a Wandering Gameplay membership that we sell, how is it different than another business membership? And how can we make that stand out? And I think for someone who's getting started, you have to understand it's it could take a while for you to figure out what those things are because mm-hmm. it's maybe very foreign to you to put mm-hmm. those things out into the world. But you also have to realize, it's just like you said, 
you need to be able to attract the right people and you need to be able to put the things out there that will attract people. Yeah. Because if you're not putting those things out there, guess what? Like you said, it's just a vanilla business. And guess what happens to vanilla businesses? They do nothing. Yeah. They're the ones that people fail and give up on because they didn't put themselves authentically into their business. They didn't try and stand out from all the other things. They tried to play it safe. They tried to play it easy. They tried to follow a blueprint that someone laid out for them. And none of those things actually worked. Well, they tried to avoid also the pain of people saying, I don't like this, you right. know? Um, so one exercise, very practical takeaway that I tell people, if you're like, I don't know what makes me different or I don't know what where my unique authenticity lies, I call these your look for your black sheep qualities. And what I call your black sheep qualities are think about the things that feel most true to who you are deep down, but that you're most afraid of being rejected for, because that's the most polarizing part of you. Um, and that's going to be the scariest to share, but it's going to be the thing that cranks your magnet up the, the strongest. So for me, being super vulnerable, sometimes that turns people off. I'm a crier. I'm a feeler. I'm too emotional. That's fine. But that's 100% of something that is true to who I am that sometimes I'm afraid people won't accept me for. However, it's what I have built my personal brand on the side. It's the absolute core of that. And that's what got me to this place where now we have this wandering Aimfully audience. Do you know what yours are? Because I have a couple in my mind, but I'm just curious what you would say. I mean, are. the first one I would go to is just my weird brain, yeah. obviously, like my weird creative brain. Uh, other than that, that's probably where I would stop. I would say you're honesty and directness. Okay. Like, I think that's something that is so core to who you are, but I think sometimes it's what can be polarizing about you. I don't think you're afraid of being rejected for anything. No. Um, cause you don't care what other people think. However, by society standards, I think it's something that people could potentially dislike about you is that you don't sugarcoat it. Or sometimes you say things that are inappropriate or that, you know, but it's what makes you you mm -hmm. and it's what people come to you for because you know they know you don't sugarcoat it. It's what I love about you. It's like you're so direct and you're so honest and I know where I stand with you all the time. So those are just two examples. But if you're sitting there right now and you're like, huh, I don't I think it, it's worth assessing whether your business right now is kind of trying to be vanilla. And is there a way that you can kind of weave your black sheep qualities into everything that you do? And if you don't know what those are, maybe you're like me where you're like, I'm not good at thinking about these things. Text message your closest friends yeah. and ask them like, hey, what's unique about me? What and maybe, stands out? And you can rephrase it. Maybe it's not like, what would you reject me for? But like, what do you think is weird about yeah, me? Yeah, for sure. And and <laughs> I don't know, maybe you're going to get some answers you didn't want, but maybe you'll get some answers too that you can pluck out and you can go, oh, this is the thing. Like maybe I have a knack for speaking like directly and honestly to people when it comes to what they need. And so if you're in a service-based business, like a graphic designer or whatever, you're going to be really, really helpful to clients if you can get on a call with them mm -hmm. as opposed to just having a website where you can't really articulate that yeah. skill through. I think all of us are afraid of being too something. Oh, for sure. Too emotional, too direct, too weird. Yeah. So what are you afraid of being too blank? And then can you use that as your superpower? The irony of that, the ultimate irony of that is that all of the people we look up to and follow are too something for us. A hundred percent. Because those are the ones that stand out. It's, 100%. To me, this is the biggest hilarious irony of marketing is that the, the very reason behind marketing is to stand out in your industry and yet all of us try to follow the same blueprint well because we look at the blog post or we look at yeah. the checklist and we're like let me just do what everybody else does in this space because i don't want to look weird and look like i'm doing it wrong do it wrong yeah do it differently do well, now it i weird. want to redo everything we should redo everything i just want to redo it all life no there's like our whole website okay every blog no post we're not layout. going that far no we did it from the, the beginning brand. guys 
This is not the takeaway. What's our What's our hashtag? Did you forget it? I forgot already. My authentic wagon. Is that what it was? The children's book. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's what it was. I have to go roll and the back. tape. Roll. The... Ooh. Soft five. What are you doing? Soft five. Okay. Hey, yeah, another soft high five. Uh, that's our timer, which tells us that the uh, kind of, you know, learning part of this episode is done. And now it's time to get to the fun stuff, which is... Wagoogdafee. That's we Google that for you. What is Wagoogdafee, Carol, while I get my Wagoogdafee ready for you? Wagoogdafee is a segment of our show called We Google That For You, in which we, one of us, brings something to the table that is like a fun fact or a little known something. And we ask the other person who knows nothing about it uh, what it is, and we answer the best of our ability. And ultimately, we all walk away with some fun little knowledge nugget, knowledge bomb that you can drop on other people and bring up at a cocktail party or with your best friend or with your boyfriend or with your dog or somebody else, Whoa. somebody on the street. Okay, we're good. Okay. Uh, so this week's Wagoogtafee yes. is a little bit different. We did one that was similar to this a couple weeks ago about movies. And uh-huh. now I'm going to bring to you uh-huh. the top five best-selling artists by album sales all time. First of all. And I'm going to give you three strikes you're out. Okay, I'm going to do so bad at this because every time I see something like that that's like, so-and-so is the best-selling, I'm like, that person? Yeah. Okay. Top five best-selling album sales. So it's it's best-selling artists of all time by album sales. Okay. So it's not like how much money they've made. It's literally how many albums they've sold total. And this is an article from The Independent, by the way. Okay. You get three My, three strikes, you're out. Michael Jackson. Not in the top five. I know. I know. You he's, tricked me. He's number seven, 81 million albums okay. sold. Okay. Um, Strike one. Um, Celine Dion. Oh, gosh. No. No. I, I'm thinking it's one of these like. Oh, no. Not um, even in the. Okay. She's 22 on this list okay. of 50. See, but Strike I'm thinking two. it's going to be somebody like that where you're like, Strike really? Strike two. No, because somebody recently was like, this is the best-selling woman, Lady Gaga. Strike three. You're out. You didn't even get the number one. Come Prince? On. The number one. Give me the number one. Best-selling artist of all time, most albums, most famous band in the world. Beatles. Exactly. Oh. 178 million albums sold total. Number two. This was shocking to me. Okay. And it may be shocking to you at home as well. Garth Brooks. That's the one that I heard recently where somebody number was like, he's two, still the best-selling male. Number two yeah. all time. Well, he was the height of the 90s. In was the like, history of music? Everybody bought albums. Did he have a fake personality? Like mm-hmm. a, yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh. Ooh, that's next week's. Who was Garth Brooks' <laughs> fake personality? All right. The, before yelling at the screen. Number three. Uh-huh. Elvis. Elvis Presley. Number three. And he's by easy, dead. I mean I got it wrong. He's been dead for how long? Still. Still such a best-selling. Has not been unseated. Number four. Uh, this wasn't surprising to me, but I wouldn't have guessed it. Uh-huh. Led Zeppelin. Okay. Uh, number five, The Eagles. Okay. Number six, Billy Joel. Wow. Number. I'm going to go to ten. Number, this is also, see, like, I should have thought about people, All these really boring artists that well, we don't like. like. <laughs> people don't, people stream now. Well, for sure. I mean, if you think about albums sold and you think so, like, about, Lady like, Gaga, those bad the bands that have been on tour forever yeah. and they sell so many albums yeah. that. So, number six, Billy Joel. Number seven, Michael Jackson. Number eight, Elton John. By the way, did you see the commercial that's coming out for the holidays? It's with, I think it's for, I can't remember what it's for, which is hilarious, but it's, it's Elton John in this ad. It's actually amazing. Really? Like, I got goosebumps watching it. Number nine, Pink Floyd. And number 10, 
ACDC. Uh, funny enough, the first female artist on this list is our friend Babs. Papa, Babs. can you hear me? See, that was another one. I listened to her carpool karaoke, and they were like, best-selling Barbara female Streisand, artist of all time. 68 million units sold. Barbara. Barbara. Uh, she kills yeah. it. So that's another episode of Wandering Aimfully, the show. We hope you're going to be a us. more authentic person, and we hope that you'll go and listen to maybe one of those artists that you really love, because that's obviously what we Who would you, you choose? Do. If you had to listen to one of those artists for the rest of your life, who would Of be? the top five? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I already forgot who the top five were. Pick Beatles, one. Garth Brooks, Led Zeppelin. ACDC. No, that was top oh. 10. Who did I forget already? That was like number who three. Who was three? Guys. Forgettable. Very forgettable. Elvis Presley. Oh, my uh, gosh. Who was Eagles. Four? Led Zeppelin. So okay. Beatles, Garth Brooks, Elvis Presley, Led Zeppelin, Eagles. All of those would be atrocious you have to, pick to one. my ears. You have to pick one. Led Zeppelin, probably. Do you even know a Led Zeppelin song? No, but I know the other ones and I dislike them. Okay, I would pick Beatles. Unpopular opinion, does not like the Beatles, this guy. Really doesn't like them. You don't like the Beatles that much, though, I either. really don't, but my mom listened to so them a lot, like them. so there's at least a nostalgia factor that yeah. could keep me going. All right, everybody, thanks for listening to another episode of Wandering Aimfully, the show. You can subscribe on YouTube if you want to watch Please this do. sucker, or you can leave a rating review on iTunes if that would be helpful for Please you. Do. We uh, We send a postcard to the people who leave a review and send us a screenshot of their review, so leave a review, take a screenshot, email that screenshot over to hello at wanderingainfully.com and we will mail you a physical postcard because that's fun. It's so fun. That's That is authentic to us. Hey, bye.